Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Awful Podcast. Today you'll be listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and hand letterer Emily Rudd. On the show today we talk about Emily's story and how she got into hand lettering, mentors and where to find them, getting inspiration and learning from old books, working on a personal style and going through phases, digital and material worlds and how the process of hand lettering adapts across both platforms. We also talk about getting outside and how it impacts creativity flows. So there's a lot packed into this episode, I really hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get into the show. It's recording, so we're in. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so can we start off with who you are, uh, what you do, and how you got into lettering and illustration? Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Emily Rudd. I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, and letterer uh, based in Sacramento, California. Um, started design. I went to college for design like a lot of people do. Um, studied graphic design and really got into hand lettering, mostly because I... I have an illustration background. I grew up drawing and I really, at the heart of me, I'm an artist. Um, so kind of as like most illustrator letters, I feel like kind of go towards, if you're an illustrator, you kind of drift towards like creating your own letters and playing with textures and colors and all that good stuff. So I officially got a degree in graphic design, but then kind of grew mostly in lettering and kind of explored how to incorporate lettering and illustration into my design. Um, so it kind of became a mesh of all three things, which is nice, so yeah. Cool. Uh, how, how did you get into that, that sort of world though? Did you go into it straight from university and college and then get a job in it or, or like what, was sort of the, what was the job route before you became working for yourself? Yeah, so kind of a wild story. I started out, um, weirdly enough, this all started in a coffee shop like way back in the day. I was a barista as like, again, most graphic designer students are, I feel like, not too original. Um, but I was having a hard time in graphic design. I was really kind of... Um, like a little dejected, like I have a incredible peers. I went to Cal Poly. I can't speak enough of my peers. They were amazing, you know, classmates to have. And so I was like, wow, you know, maybe I don't have the chops for this. Like maybe I can't cut it out. And weirdly enough, I started drawing on this chalkboard. And I don't know, do you know Dana Tanamachi? Are you familiar uh, sorry, with her? No. Oh, okay. She's a huge hand lettering artist. Um, yeah, I mean, all the great ones, Jessica Hish, Eric Marinovich, all those people are huge inspirations for me. But at the time my teacher had said, hey, like, have you thought about lettering? And so I started lettering on this coffee shop chalkboard and they actually became my first client. Um, so wow. that was like the start of my freelance career. Yeah, I did the back of a restaurant. Um, I did this big mural kind of for them. That was their whole like menu board and things like that um, as a junior in college. And then that kind of started flowing into multiple, uh, you know, jobs and clients and things like that. Um, and then eventually what happened was I kind of just started to pull on more and more freelance clients. So my first year out of college, I was really lucky. I worked with my professor. I worked at Cal Poly. They hired me on their um, marketing team to help rebrand and do some restaurant work. Um, and then I worked about a year for some Cal Poly alums that connected me through my teacher. Um, they're a subplot studio down in San Luis Obispo. They're amazing, amazing designers. They're cr crazy good mentors for me. Um, they even had told me at points like, you know, like you do like, we think you have a future and, you know, freelance and stuff. I got a lot of encouragement through them. Um, so I was very fortunate to have great support. And then also clients had started coming through and over, you know, junior year graduation and maybe a year out, I had like amassed enough clients to comfortably make the jump into freelance. Um, and that was like two years ago ish. So yeah, it's kind of how it happened. How important do you think that the mentors thing is and, and uh, were you just lucky enough to have them fall onto you or uh, how, how did you go about, do you, did you realize that you wanted to mentor and, and did you like, seek it out or was it something that just sort of fell naturally? 
Yeah. So that's a great question. I am a huge advocate for mentors because like, I definitely would not be here if it weren't for other people helping me through this process. Um, so a lot of mentors, like, you know, starting in high school, I had an incredible art teacher who kind of pushed me into college and college I had incredible art, you know, graphic design professors who really encouraged me and nurtured kind of the whole insecure side as artists, I feel like we're often insecure about our work or we have to yeah. kind of come to terms with being an artist in our own way. Um, so again, mentors there, I had great professors. Um, and then again, super lucky. I feel like I kind of stumble into everything. <laughs> I'm not too, uh, I'm trying to learn to be a little more focused and stuff, but I felt like I kind of was very, very, very fortunate to get bumped into mentors that were just incredible people and really big career changers for me who would just kind of help me through this process and answer questions from like, you know, how to do a proposal, how to write a contract, how to do invoicing, how to run a business, how to do, you know, things that work in lettering, things that work in design, all that good stuff. Um, 100% a product from people who were, you know, kind enough and wonderful enough to help me through my own process, including now, even now I reach out to like, you know, fellow peers in the industry and say like, hey, like, you know, I don't know what to do about this project or like, what are your thoughts on this design? And um, I think having mentors, having peers is invaluable when it comes to design. It should be a community thing for sure. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Do you, do you uh, mentor anyone or do you, do you get asked to be mentors? Yeah, so I mean, I kind of, I get a little nervous doing it because I'm still young. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, I'm always like, take this with a grain of salt, right? But um, I do, uh, I get a lot of people reach out to me through social media, Instagram, um, websites, and I try and do my best to always answer them and give them, you know, advice on, you know, resources that I found really valuable. Or, you know, I've had some people ask me about like, you know, how to handle a client situation or how they get started or, you know, even talking about like, their style and stuff like encouraging them to pursue style and all sorts of funny things kind of come along the road but I try and pay it back because I mean if I could pay it back like a tenth of what I was given I you know would be grateful to even do that so it's definitely something I try and do <laughs> yeah no I've definitely found that with the, the speaking to other people online it's been the yeah. most useful thing I've ever done is just contacting people there's a lot of young people a lot of uh, young students listen to this podcast so um is there any advice to you that you would give to them to seeking mentors or what's what sort of the tips <laughs> yeah no great great question too so um you know a lot of my mentors came from i think i want to think my professor saw my drive and saw my eagerness to learn um and also a sense of vulnerability where you have to 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 be a good student you almost have to say like i know nothing like i don't know what i'm doing how do i best learn this information you can't come at it from an ego um no, so if you're looking for a mentor i don't I, yeah, sorry, right. I, I felt that I did a course in um, after after college, which is before university. So I didn't go to university. So which is I'm trying to explain it with university in America, college. So yeah, <laughs> we have college, which is like uh, up to the age of sort of eighteen, and after that you go to university. Um, uh, and so I did, instead of going to university, I did like a nine month course, and uh, and I, I just approached it with because I knew the software already. I'd been teaching myself. I think yeah. I approached it in completely the wrong attitude. And this is always something I'm telling people is it's really trying to approach it with the right attitude and, and yeah. not being, not being uh, too proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those funny things too, where there's always someone you should be looking up to because I don't know, you should strive to be your best, but also understand that like there's incredible people out there and like to be a sponge is you're going to get so much further by being open 
And uh, that's something I, you know, I learned that as a young designer too. I think every designer comes at it at first and they come into college and they're like, Hey, like, look at me, I got into college or, you know, I got clients or all these opportunities come and you kind of get an ego about it. You have to be careful and say, you know what? No, like I was lucky and I'm learning and to always be willing to learn. I think you'll get a lot farther. So. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, have you taught yourself much on, from online courses or anything you've, you've learned online? Kind of. Um, it's kind of a combination. I'm a sucker for like historical stuff. So yeah. I actually try and lean towards like really historical things. I got great advice one time, a speedball manual to learn kind of letter forms, okay. um, which are like, you know, ancient, these guys are like created in like the Spencerian, you know, all that stuff. They're really, really old. And, uh, I think sometimes looking back through history is sometimes a really great teacher to kind of get a raw understanding of things. So definitely modern stuff for like learning, you know, illustrator vectoring, all that good stuff. Um, but when it comes to actual, like how to create an art piece, I like to look way back into like history and say like, you know, like how did Botticelli do something or how did, um, you know, all those great designers through the forties, fifties, sixties, all those fun, you know, I kind of look at the birth of a movement and learn from there and then mix it in with some modern stuff too, so. That's good actually, going back to the roots of it. Is that, is that something you do quite a lot is you look at other designers and older, older people? Yeah, no, I, I do it. I try and do it a lot because, um, yeah, I feel like social media is really, really helpful, but you also wanna make sure you're staying true to yourself. And so learning from, uh, at least for me personally, I find when I look back on like older stuff, I kind of see things that I'm like, oh, you know, like, I haven't necessarily seen that on Instagram because it's like wicked old, like, you know what I mean? So um, I do, I have like uh, art history books and things like that, that I'll just sometimes if I'm really stuck, I'll, I'll go back and I'll pick, you know, an era or a movement or something that like speaks to me through the project and say, oh, okay, like let's, let's walk it way back and see how this whole concept was born and see if maybe I can learn something from that too. If that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And this is a question for, uh, from Lisa Quine, actually. She said, uh, how, how is your, uh, has your work gone in phases or has it changed at all uh, from the inspiration that you've been looking at? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> She's so sweet. Um, it definitely has. I mean, it's, it's funny, actually. I think uh, for me personally, I really struggled with style. That was one of the first things that I learned becoming a freelancer and kind of is like how to find your voice and be creative, be original with each project, but also keep a little bit of you and your, um, your vision and stuff kind of a part of it too. So for finding my style, I really recently kind of what kind of fell into is the Art Nouveau. She does like a lot of deco and really cool historical stuff too. So she's going to know what I'm talking about, but, um, just looking at kind of old historical eras like that, where they had a lot of ornate kind of, you know, beautiful embellishments and a beautiful kind of little touches to the lettering and the typography. Um, I really liked looking at that. And then I kind of mesh it with, for my style personally, I really am inspired by nature. I was a little hippy dippy, but I like nature. Oh, yeah, we like, what were we in? Like a greenhouse, is it? With a oh, this is, yeah, this is where I uh, work out of a sunroom. So it's all plants all the time. Um, but I do, I actually have like a really big pole because I grew up in, uh, I grew up by a river, Sacramento is right by a lot of nature and stuff. I grew up also in the mountains. And so I have a big pole towards nature. And so I like to really incorporate like organic feel and organic kind of elements and touches to the typography, to things that are rigid and structured to kind of create this like nice um, visual tension. And that kind of style I learned through, uh, 
you know, practice and inspiration outside and looking back through history and stuff. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of style stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that helps, but. But with, with like working, trying to pick up stuff from your own personality and get it into your work, how have you, have you managed to do that? From my personality? Yeah. Like what you say, you try to get yourself into your work. Like, do you look at yourself as a personality and, and try and get that into it? Or, or is it more stuff you just like? Because I was always taught, like when I went to this course, uh, try and look at yourself and, from an outsider's point of view and, and look at how you, if you're an organized person maybe you should go and, and do black and white or if you're a really colorful and playful person then you go over to the more more colorful thing or has that affected your work at all your personality or is it or is it more just the stuff that you look at yeah no that's that's uh you know it, it kind of does depend it's kind of funny so it depends on if i'm doing more graphic design and branding stuff I try and remove myself because my goal is to kind of help the client. So what I do is become their hands, I say, where I'll take my expertise and skills and kind of use my experience to kind of guide their style and come up with something unique for them. Um, versus when it's something that airs more on the fine art side or someone comes to me for like illustration, lettering, things that they want to see kind of me through more. Um, I do pull a lot of inspiration from, you know, again, nature, historical people on Instagram, be like awesome people like Lisa, um, you know, all sorts of cool things like that um, and kind of bring it all together. So I do like having a voice in certain projects where I feel like it's appropriate um, yeah. or I feel like it'll kind of benefit it and I want to have more of a personal connection to the artwork, so. So looking at your Instagram, is it is it more that the illustration stuff that you want to do? Because uh, I don't see many logos and stuff on there. I don't see like the, the graphic design stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. So graphic, I'll be honest, logos are probably, branding and logos are probably about 50% at least of my free wow. So yeah, I do people still come to you better about that. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of restaurant branding and yeah. hotel branding and all sorts of stuff. Um, but people do come to me for organic feel. So they'll come to me asking for something that's a little more illustrated based or a little more um branding based. And I'll I'll I'm really bad. I need to like update my portfolio and stuff. Um and kind of post more about that. That's a goal for this year, actually. Everyone's that's everyone's story. <laughs> I think so many people, everyone's everyone's portfolios out of date and yeah. work on projects so it's too busy yeah i know it's i mean it's it's a kind of one of those catch catchphrases where it's like it's a great problem to be so busy you know i'm very 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 lucky and grateful to have a lot of business and be able to be busy enough to where i can't update my portfolio and have great projects coming in where i don't have to but it's a bad thing and i should have it updated so it's kind of one of those like i gotta I gotta get it together um but yeah i know so that's that's i do do a lot of logos branding a lot of stuff too so so is that something you want to move away from in the future or is it is it is you still very happy doing that because obviously posting stuff you want to get back in return that saying yeah no that's good um so for postings on instagram for me a lot of times the reason why i do a lot of artwork is it's actually more my personal work so instagram's kind of my creative outlet where i've been able to have an excuse to kind of like try out my style and i'm finding what's actually happening this year um is they're kind of coming to a pass where it's like I'm starting to have more client work that is actually illustration based because I'm starting, like you said, kind of pulling clients in from Instagram and kind of having um, people say like, hey, I saw this on Instagram. I want to have, you know, a book cover or I want to have some surface design on packaging and stuff. Um, so I, I do like where it's going. I like having a healthy balance of everything. Yeah. I think it's to kind of do a little bit of everything and not to kind of pigeonhole yourself into one style or application. But um, yeah, I definitely need to, I'm going to start, I think in the future, put more logos and things like that into my Instagram to keep that business side up too. Um, Cause I really, I really love branding. It's really fun. So. Or if it's yeah. going really well, don't carry on. Just carry on. Exactly. <laughs> I'm grateful. We'll see. I definitely want to be more intentional though. So. No, that's, that's cool. 
Uh, have you got any tips of when posting work? Because it always seems very considered. Yeah, no, that's a, um, I think people do like to see effort into posting. So having either, you know, like nice photography, presenting a story or a narrative in photos, I think is important. Um, even, even the artwork itself, whatever you're posting about to share a story or to share a message with someone who's looking at your artwork or reading your post, um, you don't want to waste their time. I mean, you want to do something that they're going to look at and be like, wow, like, you know, this made me think, or, you know, this cheered me up. Like, I love it when people say like, oh, I needed to hear this today or like, oh, I really, you know, this helped me do this one other project. Like that kind of stuff is real bold when people are genuinely engaging with it and saying like, oh, you know, like this spoke to me today. Um, so my advice would be to, you know, come at everything intentionally and say, you know, this isn't just to spam Instagram. This isn't for the following. It's to really speak to someone and give someone something back. Um, share and contribute to the community and then also be willing to give it to other people too and reach out and say hey you know like great job great project all that stuff so yeah absolutely and the fact that they're so detailed and, the, and they like you say considered posts are, are uh, on these inspirational quotes so i see scotty russell posting about it I see Ian barnard doing it like all these amazing quotes that they're doing and it's all really detailed and, and beautiful yeah. it's, it's it gives that extra it's not just type on a on a picture someone's actually yeah. someone's actually oh. Yeah, no. Scotty does the coolest. He is, uh, he's another guy I just like totally admire. Um, I love, he always reads the coolest things and you just, you read his stuff and you're like, yeah, man, like I needed that today. <laughs> like, I was like, damn it. I'm like, oh, he just hit it, man. That was so good. And just, I don't know. He's really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a great example of somebody who does a really good job about like speaking and, you know, coming up with engaging content that's organically and actually engaging, not just like what needs to feed the algorithm or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the algorithm. I think who knows what the algorithm is. Algorithm is. I, I, don't know. I swear it's a wizard on a mountain. Like I don't even understand like how it works. It's so weird. It's meant to change each day and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And yeah, no, it's it's a moving target. But I figured if you put your effort in and you try and you know be genuine, hopefully life throws what it needs to at you. So same yeah. way with the algorithm. <laughs> No, I've been speaking to people recently about, and I finally think I've gotten over it about uh, looking at the other people's work and other people's numbers and, and, yeah. and seeing, seeing how much they've, they've done and, and the amazing work they've done. They're not taking in, into consideration that they've been doing it for more longer or they've got I don't know, better clients they can be more free and do free work with. I don't yeah. know, there's so many factors and you can't compare yourself to other people. And oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really struggling to get over it, but I think I'm, I think I'm nearly there. Okay. Yeah, you're getting there. You die. Yeah. No, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's great. And I do, I'm a huge advocate for Instagram because of, you know, what it's given. I've got a lot of clients through it and it's gotten exposure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Like you see people killing it and then you can't help but look at your own stuff and be like, ah, like what's missing. And so, I don't know, keep, keep gunning at your own stuff. You got a great style. So I think it'll be, I'm sure it'll catch fire. It has been catching fire. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. With, yeah. with um, with, with the with that and, and you talked about it at college as well you had the same thing i was sort of worrying about how good your quality of work was obviously it's it's, it's amazing and that's why everyone follows you and watch on your pod, their podcast but uh, <laughs> but like, like well yeah well, how do you how have you dealt with that like, over the years and how have you stuck at it and why why have you kept going yeah no i'm the first to admit like i used to be really bad like you know no one really wakes up and has like lettering skills like it's one of those um it's one of those, I think it's one of those mediums, because again, I do a lot of fine art and I had an easier time doing, you know, charcoals and pen and inks and oil, you know, pastels and things like that. That's easier, way easier compared to lettering because lettering, 
is very hard to like hit it on the nose. Um, and it's something that I still struggle with all the time. I'll do something and I'll be like, ah, this isn't like right, you know, and having to look at it for like 10 hours and try and figure out what's up with it. So I think the key to lettering, and I say, I say this to a lot of people too, is just, it sounds so jaded, but like practice, 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 and then keep practicing and keep practicing because you're really not going to get there until all of a sudden you're there. Like all of a sudden you'll be like, wake up and be like, oh, okay, like I, I have a little flavor in here. Like I have a little, you know, something going on. Um, but it's not an overnight thing. And anyone you see on lettering who's a good at lettering, I guarantee sucked at one point too. <laughs> like it's one of those things that it's, it's a marathon for sure, not a sprint. So yeah, you got to really want to do it as well. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Really, I think that's with anything though, isn't it? If you, if you really want to put your mind to it and you really, really want it. Um, I, th I heard the, a really good quote from, I think it was a footballer. It's not practice that makes perfect. It's perfect practice that makes make perfect. I think that's right. I think that's what it was. Oh. But as long as you're practicing, if you're basically, if you're practicing in the right way, if it, cause it, then it will work. But if you're practicing in the wrong way, if you're carrying on doing the same mistakes, then it's not going to work. But I don't know how yeah. that feels to, I don't know how that works in terms of lettering, but. No, that actually really applies. I had a bunch of times, a couple instances where I'd get, you know, like take a class or something and the teacher would be like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, this is completely wrong. Like, yeah. no, you have to break all the habits and start over. And um, that, that really, that makes sense. <laughs> I feel that quote, man. Like, That's good. Sure. That's good, yeah. yeah. If those habits, those habits, you get into the, yeah, you get into some really bad ones when, you, yeah. when you're working your, when you're working for yourself or you're just working on your own and you've got no one else over your shoulder to tell yeah. you um even just like messy files here <laughs> oh yeah i know i know for sure uh, what sort of advice would you give to your younger self or is there anything you really struggle with that you could say to your younger self that it would be, it'd be all right i think i would tell my younger self to two things i'd say be more patient like, again, like comparison is the thief of joy. So, and I still struggle with this. I'll look at someone and be like, oh, I wish I was there. Like, I wish I had, you know, that kind of client or that kind of project. Um, and, you know, with, with things, things take time and things are a mixture of luck and patience and all sorts of things. Um, so I think as you kind of get older and especially as you freelance, you realize it's, um, it's good to be patient and it's good to let things come slowly because you appreciate them so much more and you get so much more excited when you look back and you start to kind of get a little traction and, you know, kind of become more and more yourself as a designer. Um, the best part is that journey. And the best part is being so grateful about it because you didn't have it at one point. Like you'll, you'll look back and I still look back and I look forward to saying like, you know, this is such a great place to be and I can't wait to be there in the future. And I'm so proud of where I've come from, from that. Um, so that would be for work. And then also to be, for me personally, I tell my younger self to be a little more, um, confident in design. Cause I really struggled with that and I still struggle with it. You know, I'll get a client that I'm like, oh gosh, this is like, you know, I'm really excited about this project. I don't want to mess it up. Um, and over the last year in particular, and I got to give a shout out to, um, like Roxy and Phoebe, um, Maggie, Lisa, all these girls, we had a group going, um, we talk and kind of pass on confidence and they were ones, Ashley Smallchalk, um, Eden, I'm trying to remember all of them. Eden was awesome too. Um, Eden Bates, um, they really taught me to, you know, be confident as a, as a person and as a designer and as a boss lady and all this stuff. Um, so if I could reach back and just kind of grab myself and shake myself and be like, be a little braver, like, come on. <laughs> like, um, that would totally be something I think I'd reach back to because yeah, it's good to be humble. It's good to be accepting and open and learning. Um, but there's also something to be said for being, you know, 
confident in your decisions, confident in your uh, negotiations, things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And, and something that I've learned from, from talking to other people is, and in yourself, you said earlier on, you, you have got to, got to talk to other people about it and you will get better and you will pick up these yeah. things that you, you get only from experience and only from, uh, only from talking to other people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's the main theme of this podcast. Talk to other people. <laughs> yeah, I know, for really, sure. Really, yeah, really learn from other people and, and their mistakes and just stuff that they've learned. Just build on yeah. other people, build on other shoulders of other people. It's good there. It's good advice. Yeah. Uh, what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars? Ooh, so I have. Um, it's so funny when I started freelancing. I like did the whole. I bought myself a couple nice things to be like, oh, you're a businesswoman. You could do this now. Um. And it's so funny. I got this oil skin uh, utility roll that I put my pencils in. Right. As like, uh, oh, you know, like this will be just like, you know, a good way to transport pencils and things like that. Like it's a little more polished than my Ziploc bag from college that has like six holes in it. And like I keep getting stabbed by it. Um, and this dang utility roll, it was like 20 bucks. It's so amazing from Bradley Mountain. It has lasted this entire time um, through hikes in Zion to Alaska and all sorts of things in between. Uh, I kept my utility stuff really nice. So utility cool. roll <laughs> cool. where did you get that from what is uh, it? Bradley Mountains yeah. they have like an oil skin kind of one um it's super cool I can send you the link later if you want but I highly recommend it you have it there like well, I don't I, I don't know idea what it looks like like what what sort of thing we're talking about of course now it's like missing <laughs> um, that's, that's the thing with being like a digital person not really drawing much not really doing much handmade stuff yeah, I've literally got a couple of pencils, all in like an old, <laughs> all in an old uh, sweet tub, uh, and that's it. That's it. I don't right. transport them everywhere. I don't, I don't. I'm just all. Just... How have you have you found that the digital and um, material side of it, which has been your favourite? Oh, great question. Um, I'm a creature. I love to get my hands dirty, so I love, 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 love working in sketchbooks, working in um, like hand done stuff. At least to start, even. Um, every project I do automatically starts on paper and then I'll transition. It doesn't matter what kind of project it is. Um, so good old pencil graphite and pen and ink are like my bread and butter. Like those two suckers are like, I'm so stoked. <laughs> They're my favorites. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes I've had clients who come to me for branding and I've done watercolors for them. Um, I had a charcoal one one time, which was kind of interesting, really cool. cool. Um, yeah, so I try and I try and diversify as far as materials go because I think they teach you. You can learn a lot from your tools. So learning, you know, why certain things, um, even even down to typography, if you go down to like a type of nib you're using, why a certain stroke looks the way it does, why, yeah. you know, uh, emphasis is pushed onto certain things. It all comes down to like what tool the artist was using. Um, and it even helps. I use, a, uh, I use the iPad all the time too. And it definitely is something that I've more and more started using. Um, but knowing, I think having a materials background has helped me better um, kind of get comfortable on working with the iPad and stuff. So... Are you ever like one worrying about where well, we all go into this one digital world and there isn't any, uh, <laughs> there isn't any pencils or there isn't any material stuff? Oh yeah, no, I, it's gonna happen. I mean, and it's so it's so dang good too. I mean, I, I was a total snob. I was like, I don't need the iPad. I'm an artist. Like, I, you know, I'm not doing digital. And then I got this iPad. I'm like, darn it! Like, it's so good. <laughs> it really is a phenomenal tool. So, <laughs> what, what sort of programs and stuff are you using on there? Yeah. Um, I use mostly Procreate. I'll be honest. Procreate's one of the big ones. Um, are you familiar? I'm sure you, you know. Yeah. Procreate. Is that is that that's like the main one that everyone uses? And yeah. Is it yeah, like yeah, the yeah. only one? Like the only yeah. one, the best one. 
It's super good. I mean, it's it's truly one of the best ones. And then if I'm doing uh, stuff that needs to be vectored, I actually use Adobe Draw, it's called, um, or Adobe Sketch sometimes too. So I kind of flip-flop between the three. Um, Procreate is probably the primary one, but I do use the do Adobe stuff too. Is, is Procreate a vector base as well or not? Is that just... It's not. I don't think it is. Um, I use it for all kind of flat stuff, um, but no, I don't think it does vectors, which is kind of a tricky part. So yeah, you have to be working with that. Yeah. That's why branding is primarily with Adobe Sketch and stuff, because you got to have those vectors and good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. But doing everything by hand first and doing everything sketching first, is that the same with uh, if you're doing, or you, this, uh, when you do it on an iPad, do you, do you photograph it and then put it onto the iPad and then draw over it on the iPad, or is it, because uh, that makes it a really long process? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I do. I'm a pretty quick sketcher too. So that's the good news. Um, I do. Yeah. That's usually the workflow for me is I'll take a photo of it. So I'll work in my wow. sketchbook or I'll work on marker paper. Um, marker paper is a great resource because it's essentially like you can sketch something and then put the marker paper over it and see down through it, but it won't bleed onto it. And so you can retrace things. Um, so if you're reworking typography a lot, marker paper is killer or tracing paper too. Um, but yeah, ultimately it kind of gets to the point where I'll either bring it onto the iPad, um, particularly if it's a color piece or if it's something that's going to be more of an illustration base, um, or if it's going to be like logos, for example, I do a lot of those, I'll do on paper and then I'll take it straight to Illustrator on, and start vectoring it there. I won't even mess around with the iPad um, yeah. because that's so, you know, how vectoring stuff gets. So. Yeah, it makes sense for logos. I'm just wondering, like, your illustration works so detailed. How, how detailed do you do it? by hand first is it is it still the same amount of detail that everything's drawn perfectly or is it is it a bit uh, rougher not necessarily there's kind of a comma it really depends um sometimes yeah a lot of times it'll be just the broad form so like an under sketch of something so like if i'm doing lettering i'll roughly sketch out like you know the letter forms and then on procreate when i take it to the digital land then i'll actually get in there and like do all you know like patterns and graining and yeah. um all sorts of fun stuff so I, I definitely don't do it if it's going to be especially a fast project <laughs> i'll definitely lay down the bones first i call them on a uh, paper and then kind of do the fancy fancy magic on the ipad for sure that's a good way of doing it saying that the bones that's good uh, yeah I, I, I say that my clients freak out they're like what are you what are you talking about <laughs> where where'd the bones come in <laughs> maybe you could draw it but that could be an interesting project drawing with like animal bones or something like, get oh god that would be so cool i love drawing skulls which is like the opposite of what you think with me being all like this but um yeah that'd be sick like get some femurs and ribs in there oh i think you're on to some <laughs> i dig it have you, have you seen ian barnard's work do you know who he is yeah yeah so he's obviously with like with like um like beans and um, vegetables and oh uh, yeah and stuff those like, are crazy i have a you know i got a deer horn oh, this is so weird this is so bizarre but I found a antler one time on the trail when I was hiking and I actually made it into a calligraphy pen. So wow. I like drummled into it. I drummled some patterns in. Um, and then I uh, drummled into like a nib and stuff. So it doesn't really work. It's a dip pen for sure. It doesn't really hold a lot of ink, but kind of did a bone, I guess. Not nearly as cool as Ian's though. His stuff's so fun to watch. That's cool. <laughs> That's, what was it, just on the side of the road, just lying there and you picked it up? Yeah, I was in the woods. Um, I'll hike along deer trails and stuff like that a lot by the river um, as they kind of like go down to find water and good grazing spots. Um, and yeah, there was just like a buck antler on the ground. And so wow. I just, I thought it was cool. My dog got a hold of it. I was like, that's gonna be sick. And then it's like totally not practical because it's so heavy and like, it's like, the antler's like this big and I'm trying to do this like intricate court, like yeah. you know, copper plate script and it just doesn't work out. But I thought it was cool. <laughs>
Nice. Yeah, that is cool. I just paint it blue and send it this way. It'll be done. Blue, blue. Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> you. Next time I find an antler, I will custom drum it for you and send it your way. So you can, amazing. So you can enjoy the impracticality of an antler pen. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that'd be cool. I wonder how much you could sell it for. It's pretty good. You could probably make it. At least it's a dog toy at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I loved it. How much do you think uh, getting outdoors and all these hiking and all the outdoor stuff you do affects that your creativity does it keep you going and keep you flowing yeah oh yeah no it's a it's a huge necessity for me which sounds i mean it's kind of an excuse too because it's like you know you want to get outside so it's nice to be able to go out and blame it on art um but i do find if i don't uh or i guess this way if i'm uninspired by stuff as soon as i go outside it's just everything starts flowing and everything becomes kind of um more inspired more kind of wholesome and stuff yeah um, and it's funny too, even like seasonally, I'm pretty affected. So like, this is actually my worst creative season, usually January, February. Um, cause everything's kind of dull outside. Um, and then once spring hits, it's like colors everywhere, you know, flourishes like crazy. It's just like, you know, it's fun to kind of be so inspired by your space and be fortunate enough to be outside to kind of apply it to how you're creating and stuff. Um, definitely the energy's there. So, nice. yeah. That, that's something I've, I've talked to quite a lot of designers about because it, it gets to a point where the stereotype of designers gets too much for me and uh, you know we're sitting inside, inside all the time not doing anything and it's only the last couple of weeks where that has been me because my gym's like just closed and yeah, oh, no. everywhere else is too expensive in my local town yeah so i'm like okay i could go for a walk but i know this town too well to it's gonna be boring i don't want to do it yeah and, and it's only when i play football that, that i'm getting the fresh air that it really does just help refresh me a bit um, yeah so i get what you mean about going outside and getting refreshed a lot of designers should do it get away from the stereotype it's not good right yeah no that's what i say i mean even people um even if you're like into cooking and stuff like i think uh you know designers i feel like sometimes we get so stuck in like our i need to create and design and always do these pieces um we forget that like uh, inspiration can come from like getting coffee with a buddy and like your buddy says something epic and you're like oh sick that makes me think of like this cool tattoo or something or um you know reading a good book authors are you know authors are artists being inspired by them all sorts of inspirations all out there i think sometimes we need to like take a break from social media and take a break from uh our work and really kind of you know be grateful for our you know abilities but also hone them from other things than design you know on instagram and all that good stuff so yeah no i think about taking a break from youtube at the moment not not the videos putting still putting the videos out there but yeah. just watching other youtube videos because i've it's just got to a point where it's just a bit of a distraction right i know and then you look at the time like i'll get that on instagram it's a black hole where you're just like yeah. your thumb just cramps and you're like oh my god i've been here for like five hours <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. not good it's not good distraction mm -hmm. it's, it's uh that's where the point where you need to realize okay put the phone down go outside have a walk yeah. <laughs> refresh still get into the real world isn't it? Yeah, absolutely absolutely but on the opposite side to that it's a great tool it's, it's something you can if you use it well and use it to listen to other podcasts and like Joe Rogan or, or like stuff we can actually learn from. Yeah. It's such a good tool to, and, and people like say, oh, it shouldn't be on the internet all the time, but if you're doing it just on that side of it, it's good, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. So there's a lot of talented people out there, man. It's it's really a cool, it's a cool time to be alive for sure. Yeah. Especially with, with uh, living in California, what's what's that like with people go being go-getters and really going for it? And do you get that much of you Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny. So, so where I'm at in California, not a lot of people know California has, it's just like really big. So it's, it's funny because I'll go, I'm in Sacramento and this is also my hometown. Um, and I, I love it here. I have 
amazingly awesome clients I'm so grateful for here. Um, but Sacramento is a little more slow paced. We're still kind of an agricultural town, but we're also kind of a millennial town. It's a little confusing. We're, we're not quite sure where we are. We're like a Portland to the Seattle, right? Um, but you, I mean, you go to San Francisco and I'll visit friends and there. I have a lot of people who I went to college with who I'll go visit. And it's for sure the pace of life is crazy fast. And, you know, people do things really quickly and really phenomenally. There's a lot of tech out there. So a lot of UX, UI design, a lot of web design. Um, and you go to LA and they've got like, you know, advertising and Hollywood and graphics and motion graphics and all these cool things. So there's always something to do in California for design. Um, it's also a freaking wild ride to do it. <laughs> so it's a great place to be here, <laughs> but yeah. it's a wild one. That's yeah. cool. Have you ever lived in anywhere else apart from California? Yeah, so I lived in San Luis Obispo. It's, um, it's also in California, so it's, uh, north of LA, probably by like three or four hours, I would say, by drive, by driving. Um, and it's like the central coast, so it was living on the coast. Um, so I lived there. And then I try and do my best to road trip a lot. So I'll like go to the mountains, um, did a road trip to Portland, did Zion, Utah, um, Vegas one time, like all that stuff. I try and kind of move around. So even though my home base is here, I try and experience people in other ways of life even internationally too um i think there's a lot of value for like getting outside your hometown and getting outside of what you're comfortable with because people have a lot of cool things to say and there's a lot of cool people to meet so no that's it like traveling has been great uh, for me personally when i went to thailand it was uh, a cliche but it came back and it really did open up your eyes to how lucky you are and, yeah uh, I know for sure and just seeing people really working hard to work on their fingers to the bone to get the money, just work on the streets and yeah. sort of shop. And I'm here at my parents' house, just design work that I'm trying to make make work. But it doesn't really, you know, I don't I've got no pressures or anything. But even like going up up to the Midlands in the UK, I, I recently I've been going up there and finding more creative spaces, more creative people to talk to. Oh, yeah. cool! And, it, and it's and it's been so much so much more inspiring and and just getting that vibe off of other people that they're creative and they're pushing you and they're pushing everyone else around them. It's been, it's been fantastic. So traveling's yeah. been huge. Do you get to travel a lot or have you been to a lot of different places? Uh, yeah, I've been fairly lucky with, with school trips and stuff. And yeah. I've been sort of quite, I mean, a few countries around Europe. Um, I think I've been to about 13 countries. Yeah. Oh, so what, was your thing to ask? what was your favorite? <laughs> Do you have any uh, recommendations? I don't know. I think Creative South, to be honest, is, is probably one of my favorite places as a, as a, like an event. Um, just because it's, it's, I should get a sponsor with them to promote them so much, but Mike's helping out so much, but uh, yeah, it's just, just, yeah, amazing. If you can surround yourself with other creatives at an event like that in the sun, you just relaxed all the time. Um, yeah. That was probably the most relaxing to uh, most relaxing week of my life, but uh, favorite place to go to, it's a tough question. I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe some of the activities I did, like maybe skiing you know, on a school trip. That was quite good. Iceland oh, cool. was beautiful. Nice. Um, Iceland as well. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, probably probably Iceland actually. Most beautiful place. Just oh, okay, cool. Picturesque, picturesque uh, yeah. landscapes and all the ice and glaciers. It might be similar to um, to what's it? Oh, I've forgotten now. Alaska. Alaska, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. 
Yeah, I wonder. I've always wanted to go there and stuff. I, I love hearing people tell stories about travel, especially because I feel like you can see great pictures, but the stories people tell are always more fun to hear, like what cool incidences and cool yeah. hostels and like that stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I always say that when I went to America, I only have I've been to America twice. I went to New York and then I went to obviously Georgia, uh, and I always say that when I went to Georgia, I actually visited America and New York. <laughs> was, it was sort of like it wasn't really America; it was more like an international city, like a bit like London, where it's oh, really? amazing, but it's got a slight American twang, but not like <laughs> the rest of it. Like, there's loads of other people there, and it's yeah. very international, which is great. And I love I love those cities, but um, but yeah, it's amazing seeing seeing Georgia, where it's people who got a proper thick accent and yeah. uh, the sun's out and yeah it's amazing yeah. food yeah <laughs> uh, good hospitality down in the south <laughs> yeah sure. yeah absolutely yeah. Um, and so many cool people from there as well one of my favorite people is diane gibbs and she's uh she's i'll say it again his favorite quote uh is that everyone in this industry we should all work like a flower and we should all be different petals of the flower so we'll help each other out which is really lovely oh i like that yeah oh, wow. So it goes back to what we were saying earlier on about uh, just uh, just helping each other out and, and uh, working off each other and giving each other advice and making the yeah. industry stronger. It's all good. It's good. It's great advice that. Yeah, we're all in it together for sure. But yeah, so the last two questions are a bit deeper, uh, and uh, something I, I want to do now in the in these episodes. Let's um, yeah. go a bit a bit more into into the thoughts and the mind of the of the uh, interviewee. So first of all, what uh, are some values that you should live by or what are some values that you're living by? Good question. Hmm. Probably live intentionally. Like whatever, whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating, whoever you're talking to, um, you know, we have so few moments in life and we have such a short life in a way. I think a big value is to live, I don't know if it's a value technically, but I think to live intentionally um, in all aspects of life and to be very present, very grateful, very open to whatever is happening, even if it's like, you know, crap happens all the time. But even in those moments, if you can look at that and be like, you know what, it's making me stronger or something like that. Um, I think that's something that sometimes we fall into autopilot on. We forget how much we're lucky to have. Um, and so I try and live with intention and with gratefulness for anything, even a, you know, blown up client contract. You look at that and you go, oh, well, in two years, it'll be a great story at the bar later. So, you know, <laughs> trying to find something in every moment to be grateful, to be intentional about, um, and to be humble about as best as you can. I think um, we can all be a little more humble. Um, I think we can learn a lot more from each other, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a reason why people like Aaron Draplin are at the top of the game and, and that yeah. people love him so much because he is he is so like that, so much so humble and so grateful for what people if if you're so grateful for what you have, it's yeah, it's, it's almost um, a lovable a lovable asset to have. Um and love people yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah, I know we had a you know, that reminds me, I had a um or we did a studio tour, so Eric Marinovich, you know his work. Um I'm sure you know him. He uh oh is a Cal Poly alum. And he had, uh, he has a studio in San Francisco with Jessica Hesch. They work at Title Case together. Um, and he uh, was very kind to let our class go and visit them at their studio. And I will never forget, um, he sat us down. He like was the chillest guy. He's the coolest guy. Um, and told us, he was so humble in talking about his beginnings, how much he was like struggling as an artist, all this stuff. Like 
if you can listen to him and have him, you know, like listen to anything he says, he's just, uh, you know, a fountain of knowledge and stuff. Um, but was so humble that it honestly inspired me to be like, you know what, like maybe I got to learn some stuff. Maybe I need to be a little more, you know, open. And I don't know, you know, like he, he messed stuff up, he says, and he, you know, had, uh, you know, really worked hard to get where he was and really took himself out on a limb and learned and, you know, looking at him now as such an incredible person. He's a great inspiration for me, at least for someone who's so humble and so open yeah. and obviously he's a rock star. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's good, it's good advice. Yeah. Um, so how would you want to be remembered is the last question. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Um, um, you know, honestly, probably, I'm sure almost everyone says this, but someone who is kind, like someone who, uh, you know what, someone who's able to give back for all the people who give me the opportunities I've had and that I'm so grateful for. If I can give that back to anybody, um, you know, I, that's how I would want to be remembered as someone who was, took what I was given and was able to pass it on and do it in a loving and kind way and kind of, you know, it's not about the self it's about everybody around you and taking care of each other so that would be really cool i could be remembered that way that's awesome yeah brilliant thank you very much for being on the podcast yeah thanks for having me again it was a lot of fun where can people find you say hello to you and, and follow you on social media yeah so i am on instagram um emily rudd and then uh our, at emily rudd and then just emilyrudd.com. Um, but yeah, if you're anyone, reach out to me, say hello. I'm super down just to chat with other designers and to hang out and stuff or any advice if there's students out there listening. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. That's where to find me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I really appreciate you listening, as always. And this week's Listener of the Week is Chris Marson. Thank you very much, Chris, for listening along. And if you want to be next week's Listener of the Week, just leave a review on iTunes for the podcast. Once again, thank you very much for listening. Share it around on social media, help out the show, and I'll see you in the next episode.